Claire FM's Beyond Belief with Father Jerry Kenny. Very good evening to you and welcome to Beyond Belief here on Claire FM. Father Jerry Kenny here in the chair this evening and on our program tonight, the 26th of February, we are entering the season of Lent. And so we will have a reflection on this season, given to us by Church of Ireland Bishop Michael Burrows. Lent is also a time when Trocra, the Catholic Church's agency for development throughout the world, is active and has its Lenten campaign. So we'll be hearing about this Lenten campaign from Colm Hogan, who is the Church Outreach Officer for Trocra. And of course, I'll be chatting with my colleague Stephen Fletcher this evening as well. And I will also be discussing a musical with him coming up later. One of Stephen Sondheim's most famous musicals, Sweeney Todd. But we begin our programme this evening with a little music. Here is that haunting, beautiful voice of Dolores Kane with nothing to show. I've been too long away from you, loving. Too long with my back to the wall. I've been to some far away places with nothing to show. Showcases I've been through their strong city halls, men with black suits and no faces, and nothing to show.
Once again on our program, I'm happy to be joined by my colleague Stephen Fletcher, who's over in the UK at the moment. Stephen, a very good evening to you. Good evening, Jerry. A pleasure to be with you as always. Stephen, we've entered the season of Lent and uh, time for reflection, I suppose, and a time maybe to take stock of all that is happening in our own lives, but also in the world at this difficult time. And I'm very conscious of the earthquakes that have taken place in Turkey and Syria. And this weekend, throughout the diocese here, uh, there was a special appeal for people if they wanted to donate through our parishes, and that money will be forwarded off to Trokra, who were working with their partners on the ground involved in, in bringing relief to that desperate situation over there. And then, of course, we're also one year on from the invasion of Ukraine. And our world is in a difficult place. It is. And, uh, you know, just thinking about the earthquake first, I was so concerned to hear that there have been further quakes, you know, 6.2 and a 5 point something. And, of course, you know, the buildings that haven't already collapsed are in danger of collapsing when you have this. And everyone, of course, is so scared and they're living in cars. They won't stay in buildings because the whole part of the southwest of Turkey seems to be crumbling around, doesn't it? When you look at these cities, there's just piles of rubble now and uh, it's a, a desperately sad situation and thinking of piles of rubble of course we see that in in Ukraine as well don't we Jerry? We do yeah. This time last year we, we felt we were coming out of a, a world pandemic with COVID but all of this has happened and uh, it's a reminder I suppose of how fragile we are which is really what this Lent is about is reminding us like that you know we are fragile and we need the, the spiritual power of, of God to to help and direct us in our lives and that's what we pray about during Lent as well to open our hearts a little bit more to his kingdom and to his guidance and as we spoke about last week the the three prongs of Lent of prayer, fasting and almsgiving all the more needed now from all of us I think. Yeah and it's an opportunity in Lent I always feel instead of just giving up something to actually do something extra and uh, I think probably in your churches like ours we have a number of Uh, Lent courses uh, coming up. Yes, and I'm referring to one of them later on in the programme. I spoke with Michael Madigan in relation to an event that's happening in Kilrush Parish uh, tomorrow Monday night and over the following two Monday nights in connection with praying for people with addictions. And the focus of that is dedicated to Matt Talbot, who combated enormous addictions in his life nearly a century ago. And people gather and pray for healing for for families and for people who were affected by these addictions and that. 
And every other parish, I suppose, is, is having some bit of a focus on something to help people reflect during this Lenten time. And I'm sure it's happening in your church. Yes, and in St. Flannan's Cathedral in Killaloo, there's a series of Lent talks every Tuesday at 7pm. And uh, this follows on from a successful series of talks that were given in Advent in the cathedral. And these talks uh, during Lent can be accessed by anyone by going on to the website for St. Flannan's Cathedral onto their website and you can then follow on the webcam and join in with the talk there. So that's something that's going on every Tuesday evening during Lent. It's the sort of thing that uh, I think is so valuable to be able to do during Lent, isn't it? To, to do something extra, to just give a little thought to others particularly. And I suppose our own Trocra campaign in the Catholic Church helps people to have that consciousness of others, especially this year I think they're focusing on the country of Somalia and people that are struggling there with their lives as well and there's a lot of struggle going on I think in our world and of course last week I was quite shocked when I listened to the news uh, last weekend and heard of the murder of a bishop in Los Angeles Bishop David O'Connell he had a very strong Cork connection was originally from Cork and educated here in Ireland but it was it gave a tremendous service to Los Angeles and particularly in an area of Los Angeles that is fraught with its own tensions and that but was a great servant of that community and unfortunately his life was taken last weekend and we, we pray for his family and, and the shock of that community around that news I'm sure at this time. Yeah, he did such uh, great work of uh, resolution between gangs in Los Angeles and uh, you know many people have spoken of the great work that he did there which is very sad to see isn't it it is yeah it is well coming up in our program as well Stephen tonight I have something that I suppose is tapping into that evil that is all around us and pervades our world that we need to be conscious of during Lent as well with the musical and this musical was Sweeney Todd and I'm just chatting about it because the music in it has always been a favourite of mine. But the story is quite ugly, but it, it helps us, I think, confront something that is quite difficult. And theatre has, has this great capacity in the art to help us maybe at times reflect and confront on things that we mightn't normally consider, but help us to realise, well, you know, OK, this is part of living and we need to confront the evils that we, we see and deal with them as we're, we're dealing with them. The tragedy of Sweeney Todd is that unresolved uh, conflict and, and difficulty in, in coping with evil uh, by the two main characters in this show just leads to further spiralling of violence. But it's a nice show. It's one of Stephen Sondheim's greatest hits, I think, and we'll chat about that. Yeah, longer. I'm looking forward to it, Jerry, because this is going to be uh, part of my education, I think. Uh, you're, you're a great fan of musicals and uh, I, I'm very grateful when we can talk about them so I'm looking forward to our conversation about this Sweeney Todd I have heard some of the music but I must admit I haven't been and seen it as a show so it'll be good you'll be educating me which of course is always good 
Well, of course, for any of our listeners that would might be planning a trip to New York, it's being revived. This particular show is being revived in a very luscious production for Broadway, I think commencing in March. And one of the stars of this show taking the role of Sweeney Todd is going to be Josh Groban. So it's been billed as quite a, a spectacular um, production. And that um, so if anybody is traveling to New York, that's a show that you might look out for if you can get a ticket. Yeah. Very good. Well, Stephen, as always, thank you for chatting with me, and we'll chat later on around that musical. That's perfect. Thanks, Jerry. So as we journey through this season of Lent, Kilrush Parish are hosting a special triduum of prayer for those living with addictions and other difficulties in life, for their families and loved ones. It takes place in St. Senna's Church, Kilrush, and commences tomorrow, Monday night, at 7 o'clock. I'm speaking with Michael Madigan, who's one of the organisers of this particular event. Michael, there's a tradition here in Kilrush of praying for people with addictions. Yeah, uh, it's Father. Um, it's about 25 years since the start we had in a October, November each year for the nine, we do nine Monday nights and it's all our addictions and we'd have some speakers each night but um, when the COVID came in we had to cancel it for, since 19 so we hope we just start with the tritium for Lynn this year and we hope in, to do it again in October, November this year like so for three Monday nights commencing tomorrow Monday night and then the following Monday the 6th of March and Monday the 13th of March mm-hmm. and you have some speakers lined up for each of those nights yeah. uh, on the opening night now we have Father Des Hillary who is a new manager of the area here and um, on, on that night we have a special commemoration for the four priests we had here for years Father Father Paddy Cudigan, Father Hawk Father Carmody and Father Michael Sheedy. So we, we hope to have someone of their family light a candle for them. And also we'll remember all the people who died during the COVID. Uh, we used to be at her novenas, so we'll be lighting a candle for them as well. So on the second night in, we have Breed Meany, she's a pastoral minister. And the third night we have John Burke, he's a, a great speaker and well-being and all this. So we hope to be... We're in the same groups we said before, like you know. So, and um, we, the most important thing we feel is for anybody with addiction that we can or people can do is pray for them. And so, also we will have petitions, a petition box. So anybody who wants a petition read out during the mass will have will be read out. And also um, during the mass, um, the Eucharist is brought through the church and the people are blessed and the people take great heed of that. They love, they love that part of the mass too. So really it's about a prayer for those journeying yeah. with that difficult burden of addiction for their families and asking the Lord for healing. Yeah, that's just it, yeah. Because most people, all we can do is pray for people and pray and it's very important and we, we hope to have them uh, the serenity prayer in the back of the church in each night and people can take it home with them. We'll have a copy of it and we hope to have a, a little one of Matt Talbot's cards. We'll order them and we'll have them, they can take them home with them on each night too. Yeah. 
So, Michael, thank you for taking the time to talk to us, and uh, I'm sure the people in West Clare and those who will travel to Kilrush over the next uh, three Monday nights will be glad of that facility of prayer for them as they journey at this difficult time. Thanks very much, Father, and we, uh, we hope that people will be able to come.
I Dreamt I Dwelt in Marble Halls, sung there for us by Suzanne Murphy from Limerick. You're tuned to Beyond Belief on this Sunday evening, and I'm very pleased to have been joined by the church manager from Trocra, Colm Hogan. Good evening, Colm. Good evening, Stephen. It's good to be here again with your listeners on Clare FM, and also I lived for a number of years in Clare myself, and I'm a native of North Tipperary, so familiar with the people and with their kindness and generosity towards our work. Well, it's a delight to have you, and and of course you're, you're often to be heard on Beyond Belief, and it's good to have you back with us again. And now we're coming into Lent, and you traditionally have a Lent appeal as well, don't you? We do indeed, Stephen, and our Lent appeal this year is about our work in Somalia. Now, people may have be somewhat familiar with the situation in Somalia. Somalia, would you believe it, is in 19, I think it was back in the early 1990s, there was a huge famine in Somalia and they said it would never be as bad again. But the actual famine and the hunger that the people are suffering at the moment is worse. And it's really sad to see. So we have a country team in Somalia. And I suppose just to give you the context, Stephen, five rainy seasons have failed in Somalia since 2020. So there's a huge drought there. So and a sixth one is very likely. So they're expecting a rainy season to happen in April. But the predictions are that they they won't get any rain again. So that'll be six rainy seasons in a row. They get two rainy seasons per year. So currently... It's the driest conditions there in 70 years. There's an imminent risk of famine and 8.3 million people require humanitarian assistance and protection. So that's more than half the population, just about half the population, because there's around 17 million people living in Somalia. So the family that people see on their troker box, the troker boxes will be in churches throughout the Diocese of Killaloo this weekend. And they'll see a, a young girl on the troker box. Her name is Natasha, and she's eight years of age and she's part of the Mahat family. So they had to walk. They had to leave where they were living and walk to an internally displaced camp in Somalia. So I think it was 400 miles of a walk and they have eight children. So like they were, obviously, you can imagine what condition they were in when they got to the camp. So what we're doing there at the moment is that we're providing, again, shelter. We're providing health services. And we, we've we also, with our local organizations out in Somalia, have set up um, schools there as well in the camp so that the children are getting educated so we work in a place called Ghetto, Stephen, and Ghetto is in the south part of Somalia, and we're there since 1992. But would you believe it? It's amazing. Trokra is known in that part of the region as the mother of health in Ghetto. So like that's really a hallmark of the significance of our work in that part of the world. It's the size of Ireland, Ghetto is, with a population of one million people. And we have... 50 staff in Somalia, and they work with the elders and the Ministry of Health to provide health care, food, water and security. And we have been able to respond quicker than others, again, due to the generosity of the Irish people, because of the people who remember we had an East African fund appeal a couple of years ago. So, again, it's down to the generosity of the Irish people. But I think the significance of our of each of our Lent campaigns, Stephen, throughout the years is that 
it gives visibility to countries where we work in, where people may be surprised. Oh, God, Troka are working there as well. And Somalia need our help at the moment more than anyone at the moment. So, And this appeal, it sounds like it gives you a chance to build up resources and teams there ahead of any desperate climatic change or anything like that. So you already yes. have people in Somalia who are ready, should there be another drought situation, yes. you already have people there because you've been building that up for some time. You know, it's not a sort of a, a one-off, uh, like a fire brigade, you know, going in and sorting it and then leaving. You go in, build up, get local people involved so that then they can help themselves. Yes, absolutely. And, and like we provide humanitarian aid, we provide nutrition, education and health services as well. The country director is a man called Paul Healy. He has been on RTE a few times now and on the radio talking about the situation in Somalia. And like he always says the Irish, the support from Ireland and the church and the connectedness to the church in Ireland has been great. And it really makes a difference. Yeah. So it's just significant this year that where that Somalia is in needs such help that the earthquake in Turkey and Syria has happened at the same time as well. So there's a lot of calls on people and, and we fully realise that there are so many different needs out there for people as well. So our appeal is part of a, a number of appeals on people, but... Um, we know from the past 50 years how generous people have been towards Troker and we're really thankful for that. And long may it continue, Colm. Thank yes. you so much for joining us this evening. You've given us Thank a very good please. insight into the work of Troker and how important it is. And please God, your work will continue and grow. Thank you, Stephen. Stephen, can I finish maybe with a, we have a 50th anniversary prayer that is very relevant for the conversation we have just had and for the year that's in it as well and all the different crises that are going on throughout the world. I'll just pray it here now. We pray for God's blessing on the work of Trokra. We pray that all people may continue to work together for the respect of our shared human dignity and shared human rights. We thank God for the partners and generous supporters who have enabled Troker to continue their work for over 50 years, empowering communities to work together for a just world. We pray for peace and may that peace be mine and yours and with all people experiencing crises in our world. Amen. Amen. Thank you very oh, thank much. Thank you, Stephen. Not at all. Thanks. Thank you. Take care. Musical Sweeney Todd, The Demon Barber of Fleet Street by Stephen Sondheim is perhaps one of his greatest works. Produced on Broadway in 1979, it starred Len Cariou and Angela Lansbury. The story of Sweeney Todd originated in Victorian popular fiction known as Penny Dreadfuls. And in 1973, when Christopher Bond wrote his play Sweeney Todd, it introduced a psychological backstory that motivated Todd's crimes. Stephen Sondheim saw that play and got the idea of turning it into a musical. He did, and it became one of his greatest musicals. This evening with Stephen Fletcher, I'm chatting about the musical and bringing you some of its highlights and its relevance for this time of Lent. Swing 
So Stephen, thank you for joining with me this evening to chat about this musical that I've chosen for the season of Lent. It has always been one of my favourite musicals and the reason I'm sort of choosing it for Lent is that it actually deals with, I think, something that we all need to grapple with, our own humanity and, if you like, the frailty of that. And that is brought to the fore very much in this musical. Yeah, interesting, Jerry. I hadn't thought of it in those terms, but uh, yeah, I look forward to exploring more. It's a very gruesome tale. It's taken from the Penny Dreadfuls of the Victorian era, the story of Sweeney Todd as this barber who comes back to London to seek revenge on a judge, an evil judge who had condemned him to exile and who had taken his wife from him and his daughter. And he comes back to exert revenge on the judge. And he meets up with, becomes a comrade really, Mrs. Lovett, who runs a pie shop in London. And between them, they devise a plan and the musical is sort of based on on that story. But it's, it's quite gruesome, in fact, and different from other musicals that might leave you all jolly and happy. This was really seen nearly as an opera in itself. Um, and after its first production on Broadway, uh, the, the director of the Metropolitan Opera said, oh, it's a pity Sondheim didn't come to me with this, because it almost is operatic, you know? Mm. Yeah. I, I haven't actually seen it. I've listened to the music, of course, but I haven't seen uh, it on the stage. But, uh, yeah, interesting, Jerry. Yeah, it took me a while to uh, to get to see it, but it has had several revivals since 1979 when it was first produced. But I still keep going back to the very first production because it was a classic. It had Angela Lansbury at the height of her career. And really, in the original production, because there was so much involved in it and staging it with the director, Harold Prince, and Sondheim, they were so absorbed with the whole project itself that really it was left to Angela Lansbury and Len Carreyou as the two main characters to create their characters really for this and Lansbury does a magnificent job you know as a comedic person bringing that comedic style to the role of Mrs Lovett but yet there's a great sinister element to the character of Mrs Lovett but let's just concentrate a little bit on the main character of the show who is Sweeney Todd himself and there's a Greek chorus that intercepts the, the show at various times to narrate what is happening and what they're thinking about. And at the very beginning of the show, this uh, Greek chorus, you know, tell us a little bit about the character of Sweeney Todd. Attend the tale of Sweeney Todd His skin was pale and his eye was odd he shaved the faces of gentlemen who never thereafter were heard of again. He trod a path that few have trod. Tis Sweeney Todd, the demon barber of Fleet Street. He kept a shop in London town, a fancy clients and good renown. And what if none of their souls were saved? They went to their maker impeccably shaved. By Sweeney, by Sweeney Todd. The demon barber of Fleet Street. Sweeney, oh, 
Yeah, it sounds gruesome, doesn't it? Sweeney Todd, the demon barber of Fleet Street. It is gruesome because there's there's a lot of bloodshed on the stage, you know, in all of the show. Because in exerting his revenge on the judge and trying to capture the judge, freely disposes of anybody that gets in his way, really. And as the show moves on, Mrs. Lovett, for like the comrade of Sweeney Todd, and she devises a way then when they have had their first execution, if you like, in the barber shop, how will they get rid of this body? And she's been running a pie shop and she decides, well, this is how we do it. Now, the cleverness of this show really, I think, is when sometimes genius in that he writes a terrific song that is comedic and yet it's very sinister. And it ends the first act in a climatic way. And it's called, strangely enough, Little Priest. And it really is, if you like, a caricature of all the people that they could fit into pies and how they might be received. It's well worth listening to. And this is where Mrs. Lovett plants the idea with Sweeney Todd of how they can dispose of the bodies. That's all very well. But what are we going to do about the Italian? Later on. When it's dark, we'll take him out of the trunk and bury him. Well, yes, of course, we could do that. I don't suppose he's got any relatives going to come poking around looking for him. Well, you know me. Bright ideas just pop into my head and I keep thinking. Seems a downright shame. Shame? Seems an awful waste. Such a nice plump frame. What's his name as... Has Nor it can't be traced Business needs are lift Debts to be erased Think of it as thrift As a gift If you get my drift No? Seems an awful waste I mean With the price of meat What it is When you get it If you get it Ha! Huh. Good you got it. Take, for instance, Mrs. Mooney and a pie shop. Business never better using only pussy cats and toast. And a pussy's good for maybe six or seven at the most. And I'm sure they can't compare as far as taste. Mrs. Lovett, what a charming notion. Well, and I'm happy practical and appropriate waste. as always. Mrs. Lovett, how I've lived without you all these years, I never know. Think I'll about it. Lots of other gentlemen will soon be coming for a shame. Won't they? The sound of the world out there. What, Mr. Todd? What, Mr. Todd? What is that sound? Those crunching noises pervading the air. Yes, Mr. Todd, yes, Mr. Todd, yes, all around. It's man devouring man, my dear. And who are we to deny it in here? Ah, these are desperate times, Mrs. Lovett. And desperate measures must be taken. Here we are now, hot out of the oven. And that was the voice of Angela Lansbury together with Len Cariou playing the characters of Sweeney Todd and Mrs. Lovett from Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street by Stephen Sondheim. Stephen, the thing that actually drew me into this musical was not so much as gruesomeness, but one day, I remember in the early 80s, I heard a song 
And the song just captured me. It was a beautiful ballad. And actually, I discovered it's actually from this gruesome show called Sweeney Todd. And it's a really gorgeous song. And it's in the second act of the show. And it's called Not While I'm Around. Now, it's sung by one of the minor characters in this show, but yet he's pivotal to the plot. Uh, this is, if you like, a young simpleton uh, who befriends Mrs. Lovett and he sort of suspects that Sweeney Todd is evil and is about to lure Mrs. Lovett into his plot and plan. He doesn't know the full story that she actually is the one who instigated the plot. But anyway, while they're in the bakehouse, this young character, Tobias, pledges to protect Mrs. Lovett. And it's a gorgeous song. And again, I'm going back to the original 1979 production where we have Angela Lansbury and Ken Jennings who plays the character of Tobias. And he sings this gorgeous ballad to Mrs. Lovett on stage. But notice as the ballad goes on and then as Mrs. Lovett suspects that Tobias is actually not as simple as he looks, but he has actually discovered the truth of what is happening. The orchestration changes a little bit and makes it a little bit more sinister of a background when Mrs. Lovett tries to sing the song, Not While I'm Around. You know, Mum, there's nothing I wouldn't do for you. If there was a monster or an ogre or anything bad like that what was after you, I'd rip it apart with my bare fists, I would. What a sweet child it is. Even if it was just a man. A man, dear? A man. What was bad. And what might be luring you, all unbeknownst, into his evil deeds like. Here, what is this? What are you talking about? Nothing's gonna harm you, not while I'm around. Nothing's gonna harm you, no, sir, not while I'm around. Demons are prowling everywhere nowadays. I'll send them howling, I don't care, I got way. Of course you do. What a sweet, affectionate child it is. No one's gonna hurt you, no one's gonna dare Others can desert you, not to worry, whistle, I'll be there Demons will charm you with a smile for a while But in time, nothing can harm you, not while Not to worry, not to worry I may not be smart, but I ain't dumb I can do it, put me to it Show me something I can overcome Not to worry, Mum Being close and being clever Ain't like being true I don't need to, I won't never Hide a thing from you 
desert you Not to worry, we shall all be there Demons will charm you with a smile for a while But in time, nothing's gonna harm And that was the song Not While I'm Around, taken from Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street, the musical by Stephen Sondheim. Well, this is a sketch, really, I suppose, Stephen, of what is in store in this musical. The reason I sort of associated with Lent, it's, it's one of the musicals I hadn't l- listened to for a while, but recently I began to take it up again and discover its enormous, I suppose, depth, really. And really in Lent, we're all asked in some way to journey with our own humanity and its own, our own frailty and about the importance of confronting evil in ourselves and in our world. And that really is the kernel of what Sweeney Todd, the demon barber of Fleet Street, is all about. Because when you go into the theatre, you are in for two and a half hours plus of confrontation with evil on the stage but set in a very dramatic way and in in a funny way in some ways. But I always, any time I've seen the show or listened to it, I always begin to think, well, who's the more sinister of the characters? Is it Sweeney Todd? Is it Mrs. Lovett? Is it the evil judge who condemns Sweeney in the first place? And the show is all about the danger of revenge, I suppose, and not dealing with evil and letting it take root within us in some way because we see both Mrs. Lovett and Sweeney Todd they spiral down a huge chasm in which they can't come out of and I think it sort of puts a picture before us of the responsibility all of us have to confront evil a little bit like the challenge that Jesus has put into us in today's gospel for the first Sunday of Lent which is about you know him facing up to the temptations that he had at the beginning of his ministry. Yeah, that's an interesting uh, way to look at it, Jerry. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I shall listen again with uh, great interest and, and draw those parallels that you have. Well, as I say, I just every time I listen to this or I see a new version of it, there's always something new in it for me. And for our listeners, if they want to access it in depth, then it is available on YouTube if they type in Sweeney Todd, the musical, you'll see some versions of it there. I would recommend that the original stage version was done on a video in the early 1980s when the show was on tour, national tour in America. And this time it starred Angela Lansbury together with George Hearn. And that's a very good version. You'll get a sense of how it looks in the theatre. But I've also come across um, a version that I would recommend to people. It's a version that was done in 2013 with the New York Philharmonic Orchestra in a staged reading. And this time it starred the operatic singer Bryn Terfel from Wales and England's Emma Thompson, the actress. And that is very, very good, very good quality and an excellent characterization of the the characters. But it's one, not for the squeamish, but it certainly has depth. 
Good. Well, thank you, Jerry. There's a whole realm there that you've opened up for me that uh, I hadn't thought of before. So uh, I shall certainly go and find it and listen to it and take note and learn from it, I think. Well, we'll leave you to, to do that with the, again, little bit of reprise of the, the famous ballad from Sweeney Todd, Not While I'm Around. Thank you for chatting, Stephen. No, thank you, Jerry. Thank you. to be on belief here on Claire FM on this Sunday evening the 26th of February. Well it's time on this first Sunday of Lent to listen to a special reflection for this time of year given to us by Church of Ireland Bishop Michael Burrows. Greetings all. As I wish you well for your individual and corporate endeavours during Lent which should be a time of growth in holiness and insight and understanding, I thought I would just say, as we commend the efforts of this season, something that's really terribly obvious but is worth reiterating nevertheless. I think people have a kind of dim view of Lent traditionally because they sort of think it's all about sin and the nature of sin and the appalling sinfulness of the human condition. And this gives them a rather bleak and pessimistic view of what Lent is about. Lent is indeed about contemplating our shortcomings and our sins and our temptations and trying to deal with them. But we would understand it much more creatively if we had, I think, a more, if it's possible to say this, wholesome view of sin itself. Sin in the biblical context in the original Greek indeed of the New Testament is not so much about willful wrongdoing, going out and committing crimes, committing appalling acts against other people. Although of course such sin does occur and it blights humanity and it needs to be addressed sometimes by punitive sanctions. But for most of us most of the time Sin is not so much willful doing of dreadful things, but rather careless falling short of the good which we have the capacity to do if we put our mind to it. Sin is about seeking God's grace to avoid our shortcomings, our falling short, as opposed a lot of the time to dealing with our willful wrongdoing. If you look at the 
New Testament and some of the original Greek words etymologically. The word that's translated sin in English is drawn in Greek from the language of the old world of archery, of people shooting at targets. And the word used in that context originally for missing the target, not hitting the bullseye, falling short, is the same word as eventually in our vocabulary found its way into sin. And if you take that view of sin, that it's a falling short of what we might be capable of if we were truly our best selves, then you have a much more wholesome view of it and our shortcomings can be dealt with in a much more grace-filled way. So during Lent, indeed, we have to contemplate where we are willfully wicked, and it does happen. But even more than that, we have to contemplate how we fall short of the targets ourselves and God set for ourselves. Could we be more generous as we think of victims of earthquakes, as we think of refugees and the need for hospitality? Yes, we could. Could we be more kind when we think of small acts that transform uh, others' lives, of taking time to be thoughtful? Yes, we could. Could we be a little bit more holy and God-focused by being a bit more disciplined about our prayer and worship and participation in the sacraments during Lent to prepare for Easter? Yes, we could. Could we do just a little bit more to make our contribution to making the world a better and more kindly place? Yes, we could. So, at the end of the day during Lent, Take time in a positive way to contemplate your shortcomings, how you don't achieve targets you should set for yourselves, how you and I could be a bit nearer to the bullseye, which by hitting it makes us, us, as it were, truly human. And when you think about it, Jesus' own temptations in the wilderness, to some extent, are about falling short and realising if he succumbed to them, he would not hit the targets that God had set for himself in his incarnation and in his ministry. So treat Lent as a positive, grace-filled time, a time not to wallow in a misleading understanding of sin, but rather a time to creatively contemplate how we fall short, to think of the ancient world of archery and to try a bit harder by Easter to hit that bullseye which makes us truly human, a bit more in the image of God and turns us into our best selves, which is after all what Lent is ultimately about. So, dare I say, enjoy it. It is what has been described through the offering and possibilities it presents to us. It is something of a sweet feast.
the sunrise sung there by Lynn Hillary and prior to that we heard a reflection given to us by Church of Ireland Bishop Michael Burroughs for this season of Lent Well we're coming near to the end of our programme for this Sunday evening here on Clare FM Thank you for your company and our thanks to all our guests this evening to Michael Madigan talking about the Matt Talbot Triduum of Prayer that commences in Kilrush Church tomorrow night at 7 o'clock to Colm Hogan, Church Officer for Trokra, talking about the Trokra Lenten campaign of this year, to Bishop Michael Burroughs for his reflection, and to my colleague Stephen Fletcher, as always, for our warm conversation and for producing tonight's programme for us. You can always listen back to this and previous editions of Beyond Belief and indeed of Sunday Prayer here on Clare FM by going to the Clare FM website and accessing the catch-up facility there. We'll be with you again next Sunday morning for Sunday prayer at around a quarter to eight on Clare FM and next Sunday night again for another edition of Beyond Belief. We do hope that you have a very safe week ahead and that your Lenten journey is indeed a fruitful one. For myself, Father Jerry Kenny, on behalf of the Beyond Belief team, wishing you every blessing 
On the week ahead, Sloan Augustana.